Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. We want to continue our theme, our series slash theme for this month. It's Opportunity 2021. Um, Opportunity 2021 has really been a special month uh, of messages. And and if you have not heard any of them, please go back and start from week one. It's been very special. And um, last Sunday when we were here during um, worship, hopefully you caught it. The Lord truly spoke into our church. And I felt that that was a very special word that was spoken. And it was a word that was said directly to individuals here. And I don't know if you took that for yourself. I know it spoke and it was heavy during worship last Sunday. And we said that who you are is not necessarily where you are. And the Lord started to come in. And it it was like a prophetic word that was just being sung out. Uh, to our family last Sunday, and I want to continue with that thought, and I want to continue with that word, and I believe that whoever received that last week, that today would be uh, a confirmation, that today would be something that you would grow in and say, uh, I needed to continue to hear this, uh, this Sunday, just because of how powerful and how uh, precise it came out last Sunday, so I didn't want to just overlook it, and I didn't want to ignore it, But I wanted to spend time sitting in that phrase that the Lord was singing over us last Sunday. And I thank God that we have the ability to do that here at this house. That we don't have to rush what God may be saying. Amen? I hope you honor that. I hope you really honor that. Let's turn to Luke 15. And in Luke 15, we're going to read a a passage there um, that we've read so many times here. And and we've read it not that long ago. And we're going to do it again. And uh, let's just go. Let's do it now. We're going to start off in verse 11. Um, we're going to start reading again from the prodigal son, the lost son. And uh, just in case it hasn't been enough, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that today you would get another, uh, what's, it, what's, it, what's it called, another avenue to it, another passage, another way that the Lord takes you because his word, you could hear it a hundred times and a hundred times hear something different. That's powerful. Let's do this. In um, Luke 15, verse 11, it says, To illustrate the point further, Jesus tells them this story. He says, A man had two sons, and the younger son told his father, I I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his youngest son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living, prodigal living, wasteful living. About that time, his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land. And he began to starve. He persuaded a local farm to hire, farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into the fields to feed pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. Will I go home to my father and say, Father, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. 
So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to him. <clears throat> he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Verse 21. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe to the, in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. Kill the calf we've been fattening, the fatted calf. We must celebrate with a feast for the son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working, and when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants, what was going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fatted calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. Let's pause there. How many of you can say amen? All right. Forgive me for my sniffles. It's allergy season, and just bear with me. Any other allergy people in here? All right, so you know exactly what I'm dealing with. All right, here we go. So I will be do, making these noises throughout the whole day, but I'm here to preach to you. Amen. Um, as we read this story, I want to kind of get into some of this. And, you know, I, I believe this. I believe more than any other religion or any other faith, any other belief, that in Christianity, just to kind of go into what we're dealing with this month with opportunity, that in Christianity, we have a great opportunity regardless of the circumstance. How many of you believe that in your Christian walk, you have a great opportunity? Regardless of whatever circumstances life may bring you, you always have an opportunity to do something great for the kingdom of God. I mean, the worst of worst could rise up, but you have an opportunity in it. The greatest moments could rise up. Whatever it is, you have opportunity. And in Christ, we recognize that whatever rises up, there's, there's an opportunity in that circumstance that he wants to give us. And it's in the place of deep devotion. It's in the place of intimacy with our beloved that we become what we've learned here, where we become gripped and fascinated in love, in love with the life in life, or the world that is growing in us, that is becoming alive within us. And hopefully the Holy Spirit does that and is doing that, where there's a great love that is gripping you and fascinating you within you as you read and as you meditate and as you seek the Lord, that the world that you belong to is growing excessively inside your life. Some of you, maybe someone will call you a fanatic. That's kind of what I'm talking about. The fanatic in you is growing. The world inside of you is growing. And we find joy that within us, within us, a greater demonstration of being alive is evolving. A, a greater demonstration of being alive, better word that I could even say is maturing. I'm more alive. How many, how many can testify or give testimony of, I'm more alive today than I was a year ago? Though you know very well that our body teaches us science, it's proven, right, that you're actually dying more today than you were a year ago. All right? Another day means you're closer to your death. We know that. Another year means you're one year closer to your death. But some of us in the spiritual realm, it's flipped, and we recognize that because of what the Holy Spirit, because of what God is doing, we're more alive today than we've ever been. And that's a beautiful thing, a concept that we could only understand if we're in Christ. That through death... Though that may be the demonstration 
actually death of the external world around us, death, that's all we hear and know of, we have the opportunity to give testimony of life and specifically life more abundant. Life more abundant in our internal, internal world. Think about the external world that we live in. Everything is death. I mean, my goodness, every day they're talking about the death rates and every, everything's death. Death, 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 scare us, scare us, scare us more about death. Everything's about death, but we could step into the scene and we could be a testimony of an abundant life, life more abundant that is coming from within us. And, and we can't forget these things. It's, it's a, beautiful, a beautiful place to be at. As we read Luke chapter 15, why did we read this? Why did we look at this? Because of the word that came in last Sunday, the word that came forth. And I kind of want to just get into that word that came out, and, 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 and it dealt a lot with Luke chapter 15. You look at the prodigal son, and what happens here is that he wastes away all of his possessions, and we know this story so well. We memorize this story. We've taught it, preached it, and spoke it to others so often, and he wastes this younger son all his money and all his goods, the inheritance of his father, he spends all of his possessions in what we know in Scripture to be called prodigal living, a wasteful lifestyle, wasteful living, not one that is productive, not one that is going to produce anything, not one uh, that is going to be- bring forth any benefit long term. It's one that you are putting your chips and you're flushing it on the toilet. It's a wasteful living. He's not investing in anything good with his lifestyle. Everything that he's investing is going to be put to waste. I want you to understand that. And, 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 and he wastes it all. And what happens as he's wasting it? Why? He comes to a place where a famine hits the land. And as the famine rises in the land, he, he begins to recognize, I'm, I'm out of food, I'm out of money, I'm, I'm, I'm in need, I need to work. And what does this young son do? He begins to work with pigs. <laughs> and as he begins to work with pigs, in the farm, he becomes so hungry, and as he becomes so hungry, he would say, yeah, I, w- I would gladly just eat <coughs> what these pigs are eating. I'll fill my stomach with the pods that the pigs eat. In Scripture, it says that no one gave him anything. Imagine the state that this man was in. I, I-, I want to kind of stress this for a moment. Here's a man that wasted all his money, wasted all his inheritance, wasted all his goods. And he's at a place where he's now working with pigs. Now, this is interesting for a Jewish person, and we'll talk about that. I mean, it's already clicking. It's not a good place for a Jewish person to work in. Not a good place for a Jewish person to be covered in the filth of a pig. So, so as he's in this place, he, he, he recognizes no one's giving me. I'm, I've lost everything. I'm working here at the farm. I'm hanging out with pigs. I've stooped this low that my surroundings have become swine. Swine is what surrounds me. And in verse 17, it says that when he came to himself, the new King James says, he, he, he pauses there for a moment. It says, when he came to himself, and the question that I would like to ask you is, what exactly does it mean when it says that the man, the young son, it says when he came to himself, what does that mean exactly? Coming to self. I, w- I want you to think about that. When this young man is there and he's lost everything, but yet out of nowhere he comes to himself. And something triggers inside of him. 
And, and, and I heard a, a preacher say this, and, and, I, and I just went off on some of this stuff. But, but think about the word even that was spoken uh, last week. As he comes to himself in the farm with the swine, this is the place where this young man says that where I am is not necessarily who I am. He's with swine. He's with pigs. He comes from a wealthy family. He comes from a house that had everything and provided all that he needs. And he's at a place where he recognizes I'm in great need and look what my surroundings have become. This is what I associate myself with. Have you been there where you recognize like why am I associating myself with this? Why am I doing this now? Why am I falling into this now? Why is this surrounding me now? Why is this occupying me now? Maybe you could look at it from a different avenue. It doesn't have to be a farm or swine, you know. It doesn't have to be a, a family of swine. I don't know what they're called. A part of swine, a family of swine, whatever the, that's called. You know, like a school of fish, a school of pigs, I don't know. But, but what, what is it in your life that resembles the swine? And it says that he comes to himself, and I think that's the place where he says, man, where I am right now is not necessarily who I am. Where I am is not who I am. And I've got to let who I am begin to change where I am. How many of you want to get out? How many of you know, like, man, I hope that this could be a year that it's going to be different. I hope that even down going into February, this month of prayer and fasting, that now who I am can begin to change where I am in my life. Can begin to change where I am with my family. How many of your families need to change? And, 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 and the where you are in your family might start to change with the who you are in your family begins to change. So, so what does February look like? We're going to really dedicate and commit ourselves to fast and to pray. And just like this young son with all these pigs around him, he recognizes I need to start changing the things around me. But it's going to begin when I come to grip to understand who I really am. That's today's message, Opportunity 2021, who I am. Who I am. And that it begins to change where I am. And it's not the other way around. Never, never where you are changes who you are. Who you, where you are changes who you are. You're fickle and you're frail and you're soft. But, but, but no, I have to change the circumstances around me. The circumstances around me can't change me. God's given me the ability to walk into the room. God's given me the ability to be light, salt. God's given me the ability... To resurrect that which is dead. Who I am. Think about what this young son is saying. Who I am is better than this. Have you, can you say that about yourself today? Can you say that about someone you love today? Who I am is better than this. You look around and, and you see all the swine around you. And you look around and you say, whoa. You know what? Who I am is so much better than this. How did I get here? Who I am is bigger than this. It's better than this. It's bigger than this. Who I am is not this pig pen. There's no way that I could take this pig pen and say this is exactly who I'm called to be. Who I am is better than this. Can you say that to yourself today? Can you write that down in your notes today? Who I am is better than this. Who I am is better. 
So what does he say? He says, I'm going to go back to the Father. You see, he's a good father, and we've gone over that here. And his opportunities, his opportunities are always there for us. How many of you could truly shout within and say amen because we serve a father whose opportunities are always present and always there to offer it to us? And, you know, I start to think about that and I say, what a good father whose opportunities are there for us, though mistakes have been made. You know how many mistakes we've made? You know how many mistakes I've made? You know how many mistakes you've made? But yet, we serve such a good father that though these mistakes have been made, his opportunities are still present. Why would you give us the opportunity, Dad, when you know that the last time you gave it to me, I squandered it. I I didn't do good with it. I didn't do well with it. I, I used it wrongfully. I... Nothing good came out of it. Mistakes have been made, but yet his opportunities are there for us. And you find yourself living in a place where you've struggled. You've struggled with identity because you've always seen yourself, not for who you are, but how many of you continue to see yourself in where you are? This is just my family, so this is who I'll always be. No, just because your mom was like that does not mean that you need to be like that. Just because your father was like that does not mean that you need to be like that. Just because your family carried that on from generation to generation, just because all you know is where you're at, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily who you are called to be. Who you are is not necessarily where you are. You're the one that made that decision to make that and to give that that weight and that that authority over your life to say, well, I guess this is who I'm going to be. Well, I guess this is where I'm at. I'm always going to have this struggle. I'm always going to live with this. I'm just going to always be defeated, and my identity has been lost. I'm wondering if there's anyone today that when that word came out last Sunday, and as we get a little bit deeper in this today, if you really are dealing with identity issues, and, and you're just like, I need to find my identity, and I'm telling you today that your identity is never going to be found by the people, by the things that surround you, by where you are. Your identity is found in who you are in Christ Jesus, your Lord. I need to find my identity. Awesome. When you find Jesus, your identity will be found and it will, it will begin to take shape and it will begin to flourish and it will begin to sound in a way that you've never heard it sound. But it needs to be found in Jesus, not in where you are got to be found in that and if where you are is Jesus and all that then good you found the right place you struggled with identity and and then you've seen yourself not for who you are but year after year you see yourself exactly on where you are you find yourself in a rut oh my god I'm ever going to get over this I've I feel like it's, um, how many of us have said this lately? It's like groundhog. Yeah, my life is just like a constant. It's a, it's a cycle of the same. And you just, there's no more life. There's no more pep. There's no more excitement. There's no more thrill in Christ in you. And maybe this is the time where God wants to do something special in you. Amen? That it's not about where you are, but it's what God wants to do in you and who you are. So many people are struggling with identity. They're struggling finding out who they really are in Christ. And maybe, maybe someone is divorced. And, and because they're divorced, you keep seeing yourself as a failure. 
because I was divorced, I guess I could never, I'll never be able to, or I guess because I was divorced, I'm never, and, and all you've done is you've allowed that divorce to destroy your life. There's an identity issue there. You know that, right? Maybe you're single and you've been single for your whole life and you're longing for a spouse. But now all you've identified with is your singleness and you keep seeing yourself as someone who's alone, a loner. And all you see yourself when you look at the mirror is, oh, here she is, here he is, always will be, always am, alone. And you haven't learned to find identity, to find you're less alone than you really are. You're actually more accompanied than you, than you could ever imagine you are. But that's never going to be able to be revealed to you unless you figure out it's not about where you are, but in who you are in Christ. Do, do you guys get that? Maybe it's someone who's lost a business. Maybe someone who's just lost money, finances. Maybe you've lost a house. Maybe it's someone that lost a family. And you can't find the strength to rise from the defeat of that. How will I ever win my family? How will I ever make money? How will I ever start? How will I ever get on my feet? How? And, and your just identity has been crushed. Me and my wife were driving just yesterday, and we saw a man on the side of the road, just uh, a homeless man. And then she was talking about another one that she runs into all the time. And the question was, man, to get to that point, what happened to get to that point? To get to that place specifically where they're at, to look, at, to look the way they look and to be in the place where they're at. What decisions were made? What things triggered? It didn't just happen. One day he just, they woke up and they said, I'm going to go live in the streets. I'm going to go under a bridge or I'm going to go beg for money. Or No homeless person just gets to that point like that. Maybe it was an addiction. Maybe it was a failed business. Maybe it was a failed marriage. I don't know. I, I feel like every, when we would do a lot of homeless outreaches, there was always different stories. A lot of them were addictions, but there was always different stories. Some of them weren't. Some of them were just like, I had my own business and I lost it all, my wife, my, and it's just sad. But you look at some of those and they're living in the streets and that's, what they, that's who they are. That's who they are. They, their identity is that. They, they, they're at a place where the only way they could eat is by begging for food. That they're not in the, the only way they could eat is begging for water. I, I want you to think about that for a moment because that's their identity. That, that's all they find. I'm not speaking down to them or nothing like that. There's a way that we could help them. But what I'm trying to say is imagine them getting to that point. What, what happened there? What was lost there? What, what was someone not able to speak into their lives? What, what was going on there? And there's so many different people, you know, there's people with addictions and there's people with so many things that they, they just feel like, well, I guess this is who I am. I, I guess I'm just a failure. I guess I'm just a loser. I, I, I guess I'm just, and whatever it is that people may say or you might find yourself saying. And the question is, you know, have you been there to an extent in your life? Maybe, maybe you're there right now. You're like, man, I'm there where I've struggled. And, and all we could say is this right here, that, that who you are is better than that. That who you are is better than that. That who you are is bigger than that. Like I said earlier, who you are <clears throat> is not the pig pen. There's no way <clears throat> that settling for the pig pen is you. Who you are is so much better. <clears throat> In Luke 15, 17, 
the prodigal son, it says, he came to himself, that if you're in this place, that you would come to yourself, that in finding your true identity, you discover, and here's the word, opportunities that fall from heaven's windows. That when I truly find my true identity and discover these opportunities that God has for me, I can live in the genuineness and I can live in the aliveness, in the, in the energy of the Holy Spirit, in the, in, the, in the direction of where He's calling me, and I could receive these opportunities from heaven. And that you will begin to let who you are start to change where you are. How many of you this year, who you are needs to truly change the circumstances around you, the where you are? Where you are, and that's exactly what I want to kind of hit at and bullseye, that you will find and truly discover the Father's opportunities for you. Listen to this, because you become gripped by the Father's love for you. Where you are. My Father's house has, he says what? What, is, what, is, what does this young man say? My Father's house has food and has plenty of food. I will, I will arise and I will go to my father's house. I, I like this. My father's house has plenty of food. I will arise and go to my father's house. I want you all to stop for a moment. What's the father doing? Go ahead and answer it. The son is saying, my father's house, there's my, my need is there. The son is saying, at my father's house, I'm going to rise and I'm going to go to it. We're just reading about the son. What's up with the father? Where's, what is he doing? Anyone know? Waiting, waiting for his son to come home, providing, huh? Comforting. What'd you say? He's in love with his son. The the son is is coming up with all these plans, right? I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna tell him this. I'm gonna run back to him. Over there is better. His servants live better than me. I'm I'm gonna go back to dad. I'm gonna dad dad uh, dad. Yes, that's where I'm going. We focus on the sun. The sun is at that place. He's at that low of his life. But I like to look at this because if you read carefully the scripture, where's the father? Well, the father didn't go anywhere. The father is still in his position. The father is still in his place. The father has not gone anywhere. He was still, as, as I heard it put one time, he's still in the same porch watching the same road, seeing if my son would arrive. What a beautiful picture of the father. That the son is out there and he gave his son the free will and the ability to do what he needed to do. But while his son went out, the father truly knew the son. And yet he was waiting out on the porch just staring into the distance. When will my son come back? And he never left his position of of looking at the distance and, and searching for his son to return. His father didn't go anywhere. He was there watching and, and what is the son doing? He's, he's playing it out in his mind, and this is some of the things that he was saying. He's saying this, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to even be called one of his sons. So when I see him face to face, can you imagine that? I call my father up here right now, and I look at my dad. I said, Dad, I did something so bad against you. I, I can't even imagine my son telling me that. My son coming up here from the kids' room right now, and he probably told the teacher something probably pretty bad up, up in the back. And he comes up to me and he says, Dad, I've done something that I can never be called your son. Like, what can you possibly say, Jackson, that could cause you to never be my son again? 
Dad, I've, I, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said about you. You don't know what I did with all the money. You, Dad, there's something that I've done. That, and, and I'm just there looking at my son. And here's the son. And he's planning all this stuff in his mind. I'm not worthy. Dad, he's thinking about this. He's walking already back to his father's house. Okay, I'm going to tell him this. Dad, I'm not worthy to be your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. If you're going to make me anything, let me serve you. Let me serve you. Let me serve you. That's it. That's the best that I can do. The best that I can do returning back to daddy's house is to be his hired servant. You could treat me the way you treat one of your hired servants. What, what, what is it in the son that makes himself see his father this way? He knows that even, listen to this, that the hired servants of his father's house are treated richly. He knows that. What, is, what does he realize about his father? My father's a good father. That those that serve him are treated well. So he comes to realize that his father is that good father. And the father sees him from afar. And when the father sees him from afar, he doesn't treat him violently. He doesn't treat him stern or condemn him. But what does the father do as we read the scripture? It says that the father runs to him. I love when I was here this morning and I, my, my daughter was at Abu's house and she slept over Abu's. So we haven't seen her really because she went from Welly's house to Abu's house and we're up here. And I love that when my daughter, I didn't know she was here yet, and we're getting ready for 930 huddle to do our chant. And I hear, Dada! And I look down and there's my little daughter running towards me to hug my legs. So excited to see Dad. That's the daughter running to Dad. The picture that I'm telling you is Dad is running to his son. Son, but I failed you. Stay back. I've done, I've done wrong, son. Okay, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. He comes to realize his father's a good father, and he sees him. He doesn't treat him bad. Instead, like some of you said, he moves towards him by running, with, and he's filled with compassion and to embrace his son, and I love what he does. What can a father do? to ultimately show his son, I love you so much, that many sons need, many daughters need, he kisses him. He kisses his son. I think that's one of the, one of the most beautiful things a father could do to his child, kiss them. Your child, all they might want is for you to kiss him. And he begins to kiss his son. Now this is amazing because as he's kissing his son, the son is covered in filth. He's kissing a son that is covered in filth. Covered in one of the most despicable things that a Jewish boy could be covered in, and that is playing with pigs, laying with pigs, with hogs in the farm. And the son thought, okay, he's here, he's kissing me. <laughs> this is overwhelming. This is a good time to give my speech. Remember that speech? You guys forgot it? Dad, 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 I can't be your son anymore. Treat me as you, he's, he's ready, he planned it out. This is, he's kissing me, he's gonna dress me with garments, with a robe, he's gonna put a ring on me, he's getting a cow ready for me. Here's a perfect time to give my speech. And the moment that the son opens up his mouth to give a speech, the father doesn't get a whip, doesn't get a belt, doesn't do anything to hit him and to show him, don't you ever! Do that to me again. Let, now you're going to learn. Come on, because I could learn as a father from this. 
Here's your cut. Now I'm going to show you who your father is, that you're never going to turn your back from him again. He doesn't do that. Instead, as he's about to speak, the father just closes his mouth. Shut up. Shut up. And begins to put a robe on him, not a belt, not belt marks on him, not whip marks on him doesn't scream and condemn him, but he begins to give him a, a robe. He's so good that, that it, he, would, he would take me back, that he would restore what I've lost, that he's not a cruel master. Please listen to this. Treating his uh, son harshly or, or even a slave harshly, but he's Abba, his father, who is treating his son with love even when I was lost. Even when I turned and I look at this story, and why is this story so important in the middle of Luke? Because this is the gospel laid out for you. This is the message of the gospel. This is a gospel. What is the gospel? He says, give him a robe, give him a ring, and give him a fatted calf. And he's going to do the same thing with every single one of us. You're going to walk into the glory of heaven, and you too will be given a crown, and you'll be given, I mean, a glorified body. You're going to be bright. Can you imagine that? The Father's opportunity for you has not been removed. If you're in here today and you're listening to this story and you're listening to the dynamics between the Father and the Son, I want every single one of us to know this, that the Father's opportunity has not been lost or fallen short in your life. There is opportunities from the Father. Will you let who you are begin to change where you are? Regardless of your circumstance, all I could tell you today is that you have great opportunity today to be transformed by the Father's love. Opportunity 2021, why not make it different? Why not let it be a year of difference? Because of the embrace between you and the Father. Regardless of your circumstances. I love what Paul says. I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 4. Check out these verses. I'm going to start from verse 11. I'll read Philippians 4, 11, 12, and 13. So look at Paul's heart. Tell me if you catch it. We have it up there? Uh, yeah. He says this. Not that I was ever in need. Um, I'll read it from NLT first, and then I'll go to, I think I wrote it down here in the NKJV. He says, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. Keep going. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or it's empty, whether it's plenty or little. He goes on to say, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Good scripture. Here's Paul, New King James says it this way, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned that in whatever state I am, I've learned that in whatever state I am to be content. And then he breaks it down. He says this, I know how to be abased, that means to be brought low. And I know how to abound, that means to increase, to exceed. He says, everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is Paul saying here? How does this relate to everything we're saying? Here is Paul, and he's basically telling us that in all circumstances, in all circumstances of life, I've learned. It doesn't matter what the... Did you notice that when you read some of Paul's writing, Paul is fixed and is firm regardless of the circumstance around him? 
And that's what he's saying, that, that where I'm at and the circumstances around me will never change who I am. Who I am always has power and weight over all the circumstances that are around me to the point where he says, I've learned to have a lot and a little. I've learned to be well and I've learned to not be well, to be sick and to be healthy. But in everything, I found my solution. There it is in verse 13. All things, all things can be done through Christ who gives me strength. It is who I am in Christ which strengthens me. Now whatever circumstances I am, I have found victory in all those things. I mean, Paul's writing is so deep, and, and, and he's showing us exactly what happened, the, the, the transformation that happened with the prodigal son, that in all circumstances, in my, with my father, I, I could be made well. And, and, and what is Paul pointing at? To learn to be content, contentment only in true identity. People that do not have true identity are not truly happy because they're always chasing to find out who they are. And they're always chasing someone to try to be, like, to be like them. And to try to run to be like something you're not, you go home and you put your head on your pillow and you go to sleep miserable and you wake up still with a hole deep in your soul because you haven't found true identity in who you really are in Christ. And you're always going to chase something or someone to try to find something that only Christ can fill and reveal to you. People live chasing People live fake. People live trying to be like something or someone else to try to find contentment, to try to find identity. But they come and they fall short in every single one. So all I can tell you is to learn to be content by finding your identity, that in all circumstances, contentment will bring great freedom to your life because identity is found in there in Christ. Amen? So as we wrap up and, and we get ready to, to close this up, I'm, I'm excited for tomorrow morning. I'll, I'll be up at 5 with you guys and, and we'll be praying and coming together on Wednesday and fasting. If you guys um, are not, we're going to ask people through WhatsApp to do um, little devotionals, quick two-minute devotionals for everyone to hear. And one person will give a devotional every day. And if you want to get into that little WhatsApp chat, we could throw you into a church fasting uh, chat room just, just for this month. After this month, I'll, I'll take it out. But I, I, I think it'll be special, so if you want to do that, um, maybe just let me know before you leave today, and I'll put you in real quick. Or you could always, uh, if you have my number, text me or send an email to me, what, what, whatever your best thing is. My email's easy, the, na- the name of the church and pastor, Pastor NS Church. But we want to put you in whatever thing that we can to get you plugged in and, and to pray and, and seek the Lord with us. But starting tomorrow, with everything that we just said, we have a great opportunity, amen, to push everything aside. And I want you not to get lost when, as we close up with this because this is what I was excited to share. That tomorrow our great opportunity is I could actually take time to push things aside. What are things that you feel you give too much time to that you know you could actually what, go without for this month and give that time to the Lord? Seriously, let this be a month that you, that you intentionally push things aside. That, right, that this month do not need attention. I hope you could do that. That this could be a month that you would get focused. A month that you would clean the sleigh. A month that you would clear all the clutter out. Can this be the month that you clear the clutter?
this uh, 2020 and going to 21 has been a, a year that has bombarded us. So I was talking to the neighbor because my allergies and all that, I wasn't feeling well throughout the week. And she's like, how you feeling? And I said, ah, I'm hanging in. You know, I slept for two days straight. And, and she says, you know, we've all been, uh, what's the word she uses? She's so detailed with her words. She watches all our services. She's probably watching now. But she says, uh, we've, we've all been overwhelmed. I don't know the word she says, but we've all been overwhelmed, you know, physically. But just not physically, Rigo, across the fence, she's telling me. This year and the last year, we've, we've all been overwhelmed emotionally, spiritually, physically. It's been an overwhelming time for all of us. And uh, get rest, she tells me. Get rest. You know, it's just uh, there's a lot going on. And, you know, she was telling me that across like a, like a mother would to a son. How many of you feel like there's so much clutter that you just got to clean out the drive, you know? Any of you feel that way? You just got to hit delete and let the files just, just erase from the system. And just say, February, I'm going to really focus for me and my family. Thank you, Nest Church. Thank you, Pastor. We're going to do this. We're going to start fresh this month. Starting tomorrow, I'm going to clean the sleigh. I'm going to clean the clutter. I'm going to get focused. And I'm going to start this year by little by doing little with the things I was doing a lot of if I don't need to do it. And focus with the little things, the little that I was doing, I'm going to do a lot more of that. I want you to really focus to align your hearts, to align your mind, to align your spirit to God's throughout this whole month. If you could just build this throughout this month, imagine what could roll into March and for the rest of this year. So church, all I could tell you is to truly examine who you are. Like, I want you to pause for a moment and just examine who you are. Are you really where you're supposed to be? Like, you could only answer that truthfully. Are you really who you're called to be? And maybe it's someone that's watching. Examine who you are. Don't just stop about examining at the place of where, who you are, but examine also where you are. Who you are and examine your where you are. And I want you to be honest, and I want you to answer this question to yourself. How are you doing with who you are? How are you doing with where you are? Amen? As a leader over this house, I'm pushing you forward to more. I'm pushing you forward to opportunities, to more and for more, and to allow this next month to be a great month of great opportunities from heaven. Now you could either take the challenge or you could just go back, leave here today and just go on with your mundane, busy life and don't consecrate your life this next month and miss out on what God may want to do in your life and in your family's life, amen? So all I could do is to push you forward for more. We've laid a foundation. We've laid a starting point for every single one of you, for those that are watching, those that are here prayer and fasting commit to this for one whole month prayer and fasting for one whole month 5 o'clock in the morning Monday through Friday do it we're not even asking you to drive all you got to do is just wake up a little bit earlier a lot earlier I don't know your schedule turn on your phones turn on your television let's just get into a prayer time for an hour in the morning just do it commit to it Monday through Friday take Saturday and Sunday off if you want just do it 
And then Wednesday, come fast all day and do it. Come here fasting, hungry. Come and drink a juice and come ready just like, not just like, uh, just going to pray, I think. No, come ready to pray. Come ready to worship. Come ready to cry out to God. Come ready to cry. Come ready to kneel. Like, don't let this month just go f- pass by you and you, don't, you didn't take it in. You didn't, I can't stress that enough. Commit to it. No excuses. No running. Stand up to it. Take courage. Amen? See what the Lord can do in you. So I hope every Monday through Friday for this whole month we see each other at 5 o'clock Wednesday in person, live. And also for those that are out, I just met my brother from Louisiana that's been watching us live who's here visiting us today. That's, that's a beautiful thing. We've had someone watching us live and he moved here from Louisiana and, and he's here with us in person today. That's a beautiful thing. And for those that are watching live, that will watch us live, that they will commit with us. And also for those that can't drive and make it over here because they have good excuses of not being here because it's too far or whatever, they could join us live. We'll be showing Wednesdays. And you could share that link with those that can't make it. Share it. Share it on your social medias if you want, stuff like that. And let people know that they could join us for a time of prayer every Wednesday at our nest. Amen? And we'll be doing that at 7.30 live, but also in person. Amen? So with that said, you decide. And I, and I wanted to make sure I said this right, so I wrote it. You decide if where you're starting is where you're staying. You decide if where you're starting is where you're staying. So if 5 a.m. prayers and Wednesday fasting all day is the place where you're going to start at and stay at, that's between you and the Lord. But I'm asking you now and encouraging you to this. Will you take it further? Will you take it deeper between you and the Lord? And what can that look like? Maybe it's to fast longer. Maybe it's to fast something else. I was telling AD that I'm going to get off, even me, I'm just going to get off social media for good. This month, I'm just not even going to, if I get on, I'll probably just connect on just to post something about the fast and just get off again. But I'm not going to be on it. I'm not going to be looking at it because I've learned maybe I'm the only one, so I can't judge any of you. I'm just going to throw some judgment on myself. I've learned that I could sit on the couch and five minutes turn to 20 minutes. 20 minutes can easily turn to an hour and you spend the whole hour on social media when that whole hour I could have been re- reading a scripture I could have read scripture on the Bible app if I didn't want to turn pages I could have been praying so you decide what it looks like to you maybe it's getting off Instagram and Facebook maybe it's getting all away from your television set away from your computer I, mean, I, I don't know what it looks like to you you're going to have to really figure out what further looks like between you and God what can it look like maybe it's more than 5 a.m. maybe throughout the day you're gonna you are gonna discipline yourself to have prayer times throughout the day so you know you have a lunch period every day from 12 to 1 so you say you know what every day for lunch I'm gonna commit that not just as a lunch break as a prayer break you decide what you want to do but go further pray more Set different times of the day to pray. Fast longer. Fast different things, more things. Really consecrate yourself this month. And let maybe what used to be the holiness of your home come back. 
and let our homes become holy again. Let our families become holy again. Let this church become righteous. Let the hunger and thirst for the things of God, let it erupt. And let us see the fruit of that as we gather together. Amen. What a great opportunity this is for all of us as we examine the who we are and the where we are. Find identity throughout this month in who you are and find joy this month in where you are. You may, <clears throat> you may have thoughts going into this month. Oh, but out of all the months, why this month? Oh, God wanted it this way. You may feel like, you may feel like, eh, I don't know if this is the right time for me to commit to this. I, I don't feel right. I don't feel like it's time to commit. I'm going to be very lovingly and very honest with you. If you don't feel like this is the right time to commit to a month of prayer and fasting, then my question to you is, if not now, when? If not now, when? When will you ever truly just pray and fast? When better when we could all do it together? I don't feel like I'm ready to commit to this. If not now, then most likely the answer is never probably never going to do it. You're just going to continue to give excuses. And 21 is going to end. You're going to be like, I should have just done it with the church. How many of you are ready to commit? We're in a perfect position to search. Listen to this. We are in a perfect position to search the thoughts of God and the ways of God. You're in your own thoughts. And I ask you, what does that sound like? You're in your own ways, but I ask you, where's that directing you? I love what the Lord speaks through the prophet Isaiah, and I end with this. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, we all know this passage. Most, most of us, if you're new, maybe it's something new for you, and I hope you receive this. In Isaiah 55, 8, the Lord says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Thank God. Thank you, God. And my, my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. So you know what I want to do? I want to run after that. I want, I want to run after his thoughts and after his ways. Because why? His thoughts are far beyond, far beyond mine. And his ways are far beyond anything I could imagine. So this month, come on, let's run towards his thoughts. And let's run after his ways. And let this be a month that your who you are and where you are is fully transformed in the person of Jesus Christ, where you live in a fuller identity more than ever. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you can stand with me as we this is someone's cold. You guys are cold, is that what I heard? You ready to commit? Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
Lord, we give you this day. We give you our lives. We give all of this to you, Lord. Lord, like the prodigal so often in my life, I find myself relating to him. Where I could be surrounded by things that you necessarily have not called me to be surrounded by, associate myself with. Whether it's thoughts, environment, atmosphere, sin, whatever it can be. This prodigal son was filled with something as a, that normally a father would look down upon his son. And I'm sure in this body there's sons and daughters that at times we could be covered with things that that truly could hurt your heart as you look at us. But Lord, we come to you recognizing, Lord, that who we are is only alive and true and found in you. So we run to our Father. And in that truth, Lord God, you begin to change where we are. Lord, I pray for this body, Lord God, as we get ready tomorrow to jump into a month of prayer and fasting. I pray that this month would be a month that our minds, our our lives would be truly set apart for the things of God. That our homes would be consecrated. That, Lord, prayer and worship would fill every corner of our lives. That, Lord, that we would see and hear testimonies what God is doing in our families. That Lord, as we gather throughout the week, that your move would be, that you would move in such a mighty way. That you would bring such growth and that you would bring such alignment to our lives. I pray, Lord God, that you would push us for more. That Lord, that each one of us would see exactly what it is that you're calling us to do throughout this month. Specifically, you're calling some of us to go a little bit deeper and that you would, if you have not done so already, begin to show us what some of those things would look like and that we would push things aside, that we would clear the clutter and that we would be an open vessel allowing you to fully fill us and overflow. So, Lord, I thank you, and I thank you in advance already for tomorrow's 5 a.m. prayer, for the whole week of prayer, for Wednesday's worship and prayer gathering, that you'll be glorified in our gathering, that you would do something mighty as we pray and seek you. So, Lord, we just love you. We thank you for this time together, for this word, for worship, for this fellowship. We thank you for those that are new here, that are visiting us. We, we welcome these guests, Lord, and we just love them, and we hug them today, and we Thank you, Lord, for bringing them here. We pray that they were encouraged, that they heard from you today, that you would continue to bring them back and that they would bring friends and family, that they would find you amongst this gathering of people. Lord, we love you today. We thank you today. Let us have a restful, fruitful rest of a Sunday. We give you all the glory. We pray that you would rock our world this next month starting tomorrow rock our world, our physical world, our spiritual world, our emotional world, rock our world, and let us focus on you 
We love you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Come on, Ness. Together we say amen. Give him praise. It's worthy. Amen.